everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 512 being recorded on September 5th, 2018. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malentano. And we're all here again, two weeks in a row. But not next week. It's going to start a nope. trend. No, it's not, actually. No. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. It is 512, uh, which is my favorite capacity of SSD. It's probably the most common one. Yeah. Uh, it's not the most common one. It's got to be like 480. Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you, got, if you get that uh, 660p, if you can if find, it's fine, find it for 100 bucks, is that what it'd be? It'd be 100 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we talk about computer hardware here, PCs, graphics, gaming, uh, mobile devices, what have you. PCpro.com slash podcast is where you can find all the other information, all the sh- all the stories we're going to talk about, um, all the things we say. Most of them will be referenced there if you want to follow up with that later. Um, we do have we do record the show live on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. Uh, we have a chat room there. We hang out before. We hang out afterwards. Uh, and if you want to take, take part in that, we would love to have you. If you need a gentle reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. And it will take you to this page here that basically asks for your name, your email address, and we send you a notification when we're going to do a live stream. Usually it's just once a week for this podcast. Every once in a while we do an additional one for uh, a GPU launch or a new driver release or something like that. Uh, has Those have been known to occur. So that's PCPro.com slash subscribe. And then uh, we have our Patreon campaign running. That is at patreon.com slash PCPro. This is your place if you... Uh, want to become a regular recurring monetary contributor to the website. It could be a dollar, three dollars, five dollars a month. Uh, if you pledge at three dollars or more a month, you get access to the recorded pre and post show. If we say anything interesting beforehand, but the post show. Uh, so if you don't watch us live, but you want to see what random crap we're talking about after the show, you can you can still do that if you become a patron. And as always the case, if you become a patron during the live stream or increase your patronage during the live stream, we will give you a shout-out on the stream. And we've already got a couple of those lined up. How about Andre Anders is a new patron with $3. Thank you, Andre. And nice. his icon's awesome. It's the Famicom uh, <laughs> icon. I like that. That's a good one. It's cool. Uh, we also have... Uh, we have an increase from one to two dollars from Alpha Network. Ken just edited their pledge from one to two dollars, and he has a logo that looks like it's Alpha Network. I mean, so there you go. Thank you guys. Thank you both very much for that. Anybody else that does it throughout the rest of the show, I'm keeping an eye on it. Uh, we also have uh, our mailbag. If you don't know what that is, that's on our YouTube channel, or you can find it on PCPer.com. We did episode 56 this week. We talked about ray tracing, apparently, both of the space. No space and a hyphen between the two words. So now we really know we get to the bottom of that uh, on this episode for sure. And that is one that is a, is a feature that we started doing after the Patreon took off. So uh, you can check that out in either of those locations. And then finally, we have our merch page, which is at joshtech.com. J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K.com. Takes you to this Teespring page where you can get your Deathwish Raid shirt, your Super Pipe, your PC Perspective shirt. You can get your Josh Tech goods here. Uh, t-shirt. Maybe I should wear one of these every day. I'm at Disney World. 
Maybe you should. should. You'll go viral. And and uh, uh, and then just carry out a mug of Starbucks. Well, let me bring my own mug in, you think? Probably. Does the, does the back of that mug say PC Per anywhere? Or does... Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, you turn it around. It's yeah. got PC Per okay. on the other side. Okay. okay. So the PC Per one just has one logo, right? I think it's two. Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one on both sides? Okay. Is there a PC Per on the back of the t-shirt? Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a PC Per on the back of the... Boom. Post... Or the... <laughs> Boom! Damn. Not on the back of the Branding. not on the back of the print. <laughs> That's where Josh has his PC perspective tattoo. That's why we put the See, it just matches put that on the back yeah. of the shirt. Yeah, yeah. For Actually, sure. mine's lower. It's right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so that's it. Let's. Oh, we've got one more thing before we get into the stories. We are uh, co-hosting a contest with our friends at Falcon Northwest. If you remember, not too long ago. Ken reviewed a Falcon Northwest Tiki machine that was worth about more than $6,000. Something like that. It's got a Titan XP in it. It's got a 1.5 terabyte Intel Optane drive that, as far as I know, is still not actually for sale. Nope. Uh, But we're going to send you one anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else is in here, Ken? It's got an 8086K from Intel in there, Z370. It's in a sweet form factor. This was hand-tested. Uh, disassembled and reassembled by the staff of PC Perspective. With, with care. Uh, you can see all the specs on that page here. And there's a ton of ways for you to enter. Uh, it's part of the Intel Gamer Days 2018 celebration. Um, and uh, uh, you can enter to win this. $6,000. PC. I, can I enter? It's a beast. You can, you can enter, but if I draw your name, I'm going to redraw. No. <laughs> I thought about it myself too. I mean, it's easy to enter. There's, there's, uh, you know, sign up for the mailing list. There's read the review, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, or the daily entry, right? Where you can literally just click this button once a day and be entered in to win. So make sure you do that. Uh, go to pcper.com slash, I think it's Intel Gamer Days. pcper.com slash Intel Gamer Days. Offer not valid in Wyoming, he will assume it's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into uh the stuff for the week just a couple of short things up at the top we've got a review of a bit phoenix power supply from lee this is the formula gold 750 watt power supply um bit phoenix is i think it's fair to say that bit phoenix grew out of the ashes of a bit uh one of the most memorable companies of my youth for hardware, right? What was your motherboards? Everybody had a favorite a bit motherboard, right? Josh BP six. Yeah. Yes. Was BP six that one single but, socket uh, or no, two socket? That was the two socket. That was the dual. Dual Celeron that I bought the motherboard and the two Celerons for dirt cheap at the computer show. Yeah, I remember going to the computer <laughs> shows. In Jacksonville or yeah, something. Nice. Yeah. So uh, BitPhoenix has some of the people from there that f- helped found this company. They originally started with cases. They've, they've branched out. They're doing power supplies now. Uh, this one is available in 450, 550, 650, 750 models. We're looking at the higher-end model there. Um, seems like a fairly high-quality unit. we got to do the interior picture for Ken so he'll you know, maintain. Have to fawn over the capacitors. Throughout the, throughout the rest of the show. Uh, let's see. It's interesting. They give you this diagram with the lengths of the cables. That's convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's helpful. Helpful for your build. Um, where's it at? Oh, come on. Inside. He's Stop just teasing me. He's teasing you. Uh, uh, you can almost see the inside. It's like, almost. It's like when they're wearing mesh clothes. 
right there. You know what I mean? Um, keep going. Keep go- oh, 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 there it is. Look at that cap. Mm-hmm. 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 Fairly small. Big caps. Um, Look see. at all that doping on them, too. What's that? The, the, is that like a doping compound on that subboard? Here? No, down in the middle. Oh, yeah, right there. I don't know. There. Oh, the white yes. stuff. Between those caps. Stuff no, just like keep it from vibrating. It's in it. Yeah, it's potting compound. Or like epoxy stuff. Got to keep your power supply safe, boys. Yeah. yeah. Always use epoxy. Uh, this is not a uh, single rail. By the way, this is a... Looks like a quad 12 volt rail, 25, 25, 35, 35 amps each. Um, still pretty good. Weaknesses were two of the four by four, uh, four plus four, I should say. CPU connectors were daisy chained on a single cable. That's kind of a drawback. And the 24 pin ATX connector was apparently bulky and hard to bend into place where it needs to be, I guess. Uh, but otherwise, good voltage regulation, very quiet throughout most of the power range, good efficiency. It's an 80-plus gold device, $88 power supply. This is going to be on your lower cost uh, of the spectrum, um, which is good every once in a while. We want to take a look at those. But still good enough for Lee to give it a gold award, and he has seen a lot of power supplies. Maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. A lot of power supplies. So is that that 4-plus-4 four four pin on two on a single cable? How much of a detriment is that in practice? Is that just logistics or is that an actual no, droop I, issue? I as mean, long as they spec the cable, you know, enough to support the current. It's just that. Yeah, but the, you also have to think about the fact that it's not a uh, unified rail. It's not a single rail yeah. device. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're, you're limited to like that can only either draw amp. 25 or 35 amps, depending on what rail it's coming from. Right. I think. And one almost I think the 12, that 25 ample for the B for the motherboard. No, I, th- I think the, the 12 volt, like that 12 volt connector, I don't think it goes into one of the regular 12 volt rails. I think it has its own plug. It's just uh, that that put, one, I don't, I don't even think it's, it's I think modular. It's just, I think it's just that they put, yeah, not they, modular. But. It's just that they put both of them on one cable. So the idea is that if you were really drawing a lot off of both of them, then voltage drop across the cable, that single okay. cable mm-hmm. would exactly. be higher, right? But like, if you got a thicker cable, they might have done that. Um, yeah. But. So you know. a slightly thicker cable can handle that versus two sets of cables. I mean. Yeah. And I don't know. Okay. If, I don't Talking know if that pennies. one. Um, I don't know if that power supply or even other power supplies for that matter use a sensing line on that motherboard 12 volt. Okay. Because what you would do usually is there'd be another extra wire that was sensing the voltage mm. at the end. Right. So it would correct for voltage drop. On the cable, and you yeah. can't do that if you have two of them, right? Okay. You can you can uh, compensate somewhat. You just can't compensate both of them unequally, right? Got it. Without two separate cables. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I know a lot about compensation. I compensate <laughs> Josh lot. has mastered the art of compensation. And like talking about thick cables. Mm-hmm. Thicker the cable, the less the droop. That's what I'm told. <laughs> uh, so check out the review of the Bit Phoenix Formula Gold. Uh, we also had uh, Jim posted a review of the Synology DS sixteen eighteen plus, uh, which he calls a good blend or the right blend, if you will, of price, performance, and features. Um, Alan, you also have a lot of experience with Synology devices. I, do. Is, I like their interface. This is a six bay NAS. It's got a quad core Intel processor, thirty two gigs of memory. 
and a coveted PCIe expansion slot. This allows you to add things in like a 10 gigabit Ethernet port. So even though the device itself <laughs> supports gigabit out of the box, uh, you can actually add a 10 gigabit networking card to but it. Not, but not a GPU like we've done with other NASes, right, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, QNAP has support for that stuff, QNAP too. QNAP gives you not just support, but enough room no, to, oh, act- true, to actually true. fit like a, you know, a two-slot GPU I mean, GPU this guy's, this is hey, size a like a NAS. port at the front. Yeah, yeah, this is a, the QNAP NASes tend to be much larger. Like, this is a regular size NAS. You know, 11 inches by 9 by 6.5, you know, uh, 11 pounds without the drives. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more dense relatively than compact for, for being able to stick six drives in there. And on the back, you've got uh, your power input, two more USB ports. Is that an eSATA? Is that two yes. eSATA ports? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can uh, gang okay. up those Ethernet ports. You know what I'm saying? Got it. So they're proprietary or eSATA connectors yeah. for their expansions. Yeah, but that never makes much sense because you end up connecting like four drives if it's a single eSATA connection. They might not even be doing like multiplier. No, that's how it works. That's how those expansions work. Is it ends it's up only using, four or five? Well, like you're using four drives across one SATA connection. Yeah. So it's going to be slow. Not if they're hard drives. I mean... I mean, 500 it's megs, going to be slower six than... Six gigabit SATA, it takes multiple hard drives to saturate. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Right. I mean, and especially... Th- th- and there's a point where there's two cross where it will be slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Like, if you filled it with four eight terabyte drives, it would be slower. I agree with you. But the counter to that is if you have expanded from one out to multiple like that, you're spreading the data across so many drives that your bottleneck is not the drives anymore. Your bottleneck is... Well, the throughput no, of the interface. Whatever. I, ideally, I think you do that when you filled your drives, so yeah. you wouldn't be using all of the capacity, capacity of the drives. You'd just be really using the new ones. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Jim writes here that users can control the speed of the fans in the device's web control panel. Quiet, cool, and full speed. Quiet is virtually silent. Cool mode is audible, um, but blends in the background. But <laughs> full speed mode converts the DS1618 Plus into a jet engine, and they're sure can only be used when stored in a dedicated server room. At least you know it's capable of keeping the drives cool if it really needs to. That's true, yes. Uh, it does appear to be fairly well ventilated as well. Um, trays easy to use. They're not, are, they, are they toolless? Yep. Okay, yeah. that's good. Spring-loaded. Sure. Right. Yeah, we use the uh, the uh, 18s, the 60. Well, the what one? The 18, 15 pluses at work. Okay. They're fantastic little boxes for what we do, but they're a little slow for some enterprise stuff. Okay. You yeah, about th- this the one's 15, got an 18 plus. It, yeah. You dislike yeah, it, so, but it's it's the it's the eight <laughs> drive bay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. this is the this is an Intel Atom C thirty five thirty eight two point one gigahertz. Um, you know, so it's it's not a powerhouse, right? Uh, but in terms of transfers, it's it's doing fine. Um, and does does apparently do simultaneous transcodes for things like Plex? So you know, mm-hmm. won't bottleneck that ten gigabit connection. Supports up to seventy two terabytes of storage, um, and you can expand it with two more five bay DX five seventeen units to get you a maximum of one hundred ninety two terabytes. If more you want storage, if you want to, you know. To do that, got the full list of specs there. Uh, here's the PCIe expansion slot. Um, Definitely single slot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it says you can gang all four ports on the back of that using LACP AD. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what I, does I it, mentioned that. Does it also support 
Uh, SMB multipath. Jim looks unsure. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I stumped the gym. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they haven't added that by now. Yeah, it's part of the SMB protocol. I just don't know what the, the server side support is on the whatever stack they're using. Yeah. I presume it's it running in Linux. It looks like it. Yeah, it looks like I they mean, added it. Synology's pretty good about implementing all the things. Mm. Like they, they try to they really try to do that. And their their interface is just like freaking butter. It's like they're like one of the first that gave you an actual GUI on a NAS. That wasn't butt. That was just a GUI, first of all. Just to even well, it's, have, it's just a stinking you know. operating system. Yeah. It's basically like it's windows you can move around in a browser. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty cool actually. Mm-hmm. It's like an emulated, you know, Windows 3.1 or something uh, you know, in in your browser. Um so uh the PCIe slot you can add 10 gigabit ethernet, but Jim also points out, you know, you could add um uh f- flash storage NVMe2 adapter with an mm-hmm. M.2 drive on there or something like that and all that is supported in there and it just must be a low profile bracket as you can see there. Uh, and there, there's a picture of your UI that you love so much. Yeah, with yeah. Plex. Yeah, I mean you can pull up. Tab. You could. I mean, it's even got like a, the equivalent of like a task manager. Shows your bandwidth and stuff like real time. Like mm. it's updating in the background. That thing while down in the bottom corner. Yeah, on the bottom right. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Yeah. You can pull up stats and watch them. And so if you're trying to troubleshoot stuff on your network, like you can get That's cool. real time. You know, what's your NAS doing? In terms of uh, testing that 10 gigabit performance, how's uh, 945 megabytes per second read, 520 megs writes? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Um, anything else stand out here in terms of like you got the real world copy date, large MKV file to and from the NAS hovering around 800 megs per second. Uh, from the NAS and 520 to it as yeah. well. You get so overhead and the overhead on the parity calculations with that cell run. You know, trying to do that, right? You can only do it so quickly and deal with all the I/O. So, um, and I, this is, is that the ex CEO of the Thanos or whatever that blood testing group <laughs> Theranos? The top what? Of Theranos? what Theranos? Theranos? No, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. She's uh, running away into the woods where no one can find her. Were we going to say something, Jim? No? I was waiting in case you had any more questions. Oh, no. no, no. I was going to say, I, I, you know, I actually am a little bit surprised by the success you had with this Atom processor. So the Synology actually has a Plex server built well, so, into it. So it's Synology and QNAP and, and its competitors Adam. all oh, okay. allow for uh, package installation of various services. Uh, Plex, you can install okay. one-click installation. Um, but the, the 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 key here is, like, QNAP, I think, has better hardware offerings. All across the platform, if you look at what they offer in hardware, mm-hmm. beats Synology. But Synology still has the best interface and, and management uh, operating system. Uh, the, the difference here is, so QNAP, even though it has better hardware, like more creative hardware offerings... They've done 10-gig capable NASes where they put an ARM processor in there. And the processor then becomes your bottleneck when it's trying to do the, the redundant or, you know, the, the RAID calculations yep. and, and uh, data processing. This is, even though it's an atom, it's a relatively recent atom. It is powerful enough. It does not bottleneck your, your, your storage. Hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't use it for 10 users on Plex. But for a home where it's you and maybe one other... 
it uh, as it shows, it's cap- perfectly capable of two 1080p simultaneous streams. And if you get into the direct play stuff, it did, I think, what, six or five or six? Oh, you said five with six. There was a intermittent okay, buffering. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, it it's, is perfectly capable for most people to have a personal Plex server hmm. uh, okay. running. And so that, that's the key. You get, you get the, the combination, finally, of enough bays, adequate performance, um, and the ability to expand it with, with uh, 10 gigabit. At, at a relatively good price, $700, it's a lot of money for people who aren't used to this. Sure. But in the realm of capable, pre-built NAS offerings, that's – oh, it's not great, but it's not it's, – it's acceptable. It's a perfectly okay. acceptable yeah. price. Yeah. And don't forget, don't get one of these and put everything you possess only <laughs> on this. Sure. You need another copy somewhere. Raid is not backup. Raid is not a backup. (laughs) Wait, what? But but along those lines, uh, I think there's even services where if you had a couple of these guys, I think it has built-in services where if you enable them, like you can set up a sync, like a periodic sync across your network, say at your house, right? Okay. So take one of these, put it. In a fireproof box somewhere in your basement. I thought you could tell me take it to grandma's house well, or something. Well, you could. Once you <laughs> do, do the that. initial, once you do the initial sync, you would want to try to sync <laughs> right. all of your stuff, right? But put all your stuff on. Move everything to one. Grandma, your upload speed yeah. sucks. Yeah, set, set up another one, right? Make the initial copy, and then take that second one, move it off site to grandma's house, upgrade her internet, maybe. <laughs> Uh, My grandma, what I big mean, Synology, have. they have apps and packages that allow you to sync between two Synology devices, yeah. uh, both local and remote over the internet, but also to sync to a ne- any network folder or locally, if you can plug a USB 3 drive in there, sync that and either sync everything or selectively sync certain hmm. folders. Yep. Um, and also they integrate very well with Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive. So you can then also sync your data up through those cloud services. And if you want the whole thing in the cloud, you can do Amazon uh, S3, Backblaze, uh, what do they call it, B2? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, they pretty much have all of them there's in There's a ton of options. And then there's third-party package repositories. So if you don't want this official Synology one, you can get anything. And it oh. also does mm. Docker, so you can get all your, your apps mm-hmm. running in Docker. So anything, yeah. Wow. So you're wow. just saying it just works. It, it, it's, it's a very robust ecosystem for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Those guys have been around for a long time, so yeah. plenty of time to build up all that stuff. Very cool. Thank you, Jim. Uh, so there you go. That's that's uh, the 1618 Plus, DS1618 Plus. Don't have to do the 10 gigabit upgrade, but obviously that's one of the things that appealed to us us here for just under 800 bucks. So check out that review. Uh, it's on the website that we have. It's called PCPro.com. <laughs> it's right there. Synology DS1618 Plus. Very nice. All right. Uh, what else we got? We're going to run through some some news items this week. We're going to start with uh, Huawei announcing the Kirin 980. Josh, is the world's first 7 nanometer SoC passing Snapdragon? Maybe. Isn't this going to be available here in next month? Really, next month? They, I mean, I think they, they said the Mate 20 was shipping in mid-October, I think. Which, okay. which actually would give it, well, let's see. In the Android market, it would give it a pretty substantial head start over whatever the next Snapdragon chip's going to be because they haven't even announced that guy yet. Mm-hmm. This is the benefit well, of being you, vertically integrated. You can just plop a straight in and move on. And, and get going. Uh, yeah, I think uh, 
know, TSMC is, has been moving quite along nicely with their 7 nanometer. Uh, we've seen, you know, examples of uh, test chips and whatnot for multiple guys and have heard about it. And, you know, most notably AMD. Now, we haven't heard anything yet from Apple. Are they going to do a 7 nanometer with this uh, upcoming September 12th deal? Or do you think they're going to stick with 10 nanometer? No, I think all indications are it's a 7 nanometer part. They've been, you know, probably the bring up partner with TSMC in that regard, um, which is why I was going to say that they're going to be the first 7 nanometer shipping device. But it's it seems likely that Apple will be that, right? If they announce yeah, on the 12th, it's probably shipping product. in, what, two weeks after that? Is that pretty normal? I'd say October. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so it might be close. It might be close. Yeah, it's it's exciting times. And uh we got to wonder how well it's it's going to actually do. What kind of performance? Uh, you know, these are all big questions. A seventy six is is the biggest, latest, and greatest from ARM, and yep. uh, from all indications, it's it's a fast product. We don't know how fast it is when it comes to multi threading, but uh, it's a really kind of interesting layout that they that they have. They have two high performance cores, two medium kind of performance, better power core, and then the 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 A fifty fives, which are the you know, lowest performance, lowest power consumption. Um, you know, four megs of, of memory in the DSU. That's that, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, stinking thing that everything communicates through. It's like an L3 cache. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting product and they're taking an interesting direction to it. And, uh, we don't know how well it's, it's going to, yeah. It's going to do. I don't know. It's I, uh I like the idea. You know, people, I mean, if you look at this diagram where there's where it's eight it's eight core but it's 422. Two. I That's 224. Two, well, oh, okay. I was oh, going to say 422. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're right. I'm I'm an well, idiot. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do whatever. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm an idiot. So so why are there two groups of A76s here? One at 26 and one 92 instead of having them just dynamically clocked. Uh in theory, I guess Josh, if correct me if I'm wrong here, this is Basically, process efficiency and binning efficiency. It could actually be partly design as well. Um, so your your highest power cores, you kind of you know adjust the design and the mix to get those as high as possible without breaking the bank. But then there's a sweeter spot probably in, in the process mm-hmm. where you can get pretty dang good performance for a whole lot less power expended. And so I think that's where, you know, this, this is kind of sitting at, you think um, of it as down you have, you GPUs. can, you can have good bursty single dual thread stuff, but then when you really need a bunch of multi-thread, then you can add a significant amount more performance, but you don't pop up the power double of what, you know, you would get with, you had, you know, all, all of them running at 2.6 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they do some of their performance comparisons against the Snapdragon 845. Um, that to be fair to, to Qualcomm was announced last December um, where, you know, 37% better performance, 32% better power efficiency uh, on the CPU side. They talk about on the GPU side as well. Um, 46% better performance, 178% better efficiency that's better than their previous generation uh, as opposed to being over the snapdragon 845 um i i i'm really interested in this product and i'm really interested in the p tw- or the mate 20 that will be based on it just because of how 
early it feels compared to the other uh, Snapdragon options. Of course, I don't think we can we can mention this story without also touching on at least the, the uh, story that Anantech put up recently as well, talking about Huawei's cheating in their 970 devices and the benchmarks and, and stuff where they were basically doing uh, benchmark checks and if if a game or I guess if a benchmark was loaded, it was allowing the TDP of the processor to almost to more than double um, than what it would do normally, uh, which obviously spikes up the performance metrics and, and uh, you know gives them advantages and reviews and, and stuff that end users don't actually see when they're when they're playing a game or, or doing real world usage. So that does put all of these performance claims that Huawei and, and their silicon internal silicon company, high silicon, um, into question, right? So well, that's why I'm very eager to see what the devices we get uh, from the P20 actually do and uh, and how they act. But pretty neat. Not a company that sells their, their processors to other companies, even other Chinese phone vendors, at least not today. Um, so it's not – it's competition to, to, to Qualcomm and Snapdragon from a – not you know, in this market. <laughs> well, it's like from a marketing standpoint, it's competition. But from a, like a product sales department, it's not really, uh, you know, gonna gonna hurt them. I guess so. It sounds like we'll know more about uh, uh, Qualcomm's alternatives in December at their uh, at their tech summit. All right, we got some other a bunch of smaller things to run through this week. The Logitech G502 gaming mouse got an upgrade, Jeremy. It did, and this is the secret weapon if you're ever playing Spank the Monkey again, because it can hit up to 400 inches per second, which is just insane. That's just a ridiculous amount of sensitivity. Yeah, they moved it to the Hero Sensor. Um, yeah, which... the Hero 16K. Ooh. Oh. 1,600 DPIs. And as with any other mouse that looks roughly like this, you can assume that on the bottom are removable weights. Uh, nice. Each of them are 3.6 grams. And it's a little bit shorter than some people might like. It's only about 40 millimeters tall. Uh, others are 58, 60-ish. But if you're not possessed of giant hands, it's probably going to be a good deal for you. And launching next month at about 80 bucks, you're not going to break the bank uh, trying to pick hmm. it up like you do some of these mice. Kit, uh, Alan does want to point out that uh, <laughs> 400 inches per second is the equivalent of 22.72 miles per hour. So <laughs> if, you, if you can move your mouse <laughs> 22.72 miles per hour accurately, shit, this is the mouse for you. That's some serious <laughs> twitch camera. The, the jokes just write themselves. Uh, yeah. And there was uh, another mouse announcement as well, the G305 Lightspeed. Right. This is this is actually uh, the mouse I keep in my backpack now while I'm on mm-hmm. the go because of that single AA battery, 250 hours of use. I like that. And the little nano dongle hides inside with the battery. Yes, thank the Lord. It's so important. I had I had several mice where the dongle was not does not have a little receptacle inside the mouse at any capacity, and that was annoying as crap. So. Yeah. And you could game with this bloody thing mm-hmm. uh, because it is uh, the first generation hero sensor, so 1200 DPI uh, with polling, I, depending on how you want to do it, like the 125 hertz polling, your battery is going to last months and months and months and months and never die. Yep. You can put it up to a thousand, but you're going to drain that battery fairly quickly. So, you yeah. know, only do it when you desperately need it. 
Other than that, just toss it in your bag and forget about having it until you need it. Cool. Uh, Something that I think a lot of people have been waiting for, I know where our own uh, Scott Michaud has been waiting for, the 2950X is officially on sale. Ken, how many did you buy? None yet. Oh, okay. 2950X is the 16-core Threadripper second-generation part. Um, The 32-core went on sale first, right? Yeah. Whenever the hell that was, it feels like it feels like a year ago now. Honestly, um, but now this is eight ninety nine, um, and I think this is the part that that we liked the most out of this launch, right? Yeah, it's absolutely the twenty nine fifty X is absolutely kind of the best middle ground between that awesome multi thread performance and still being good and like more single threaded bound scenarios like gaming, right? Uh, we found it to outperform the 18-core 7980XE, the $2,000 Intel processor, and just about everything, including gaming. They they traded some blows in gaming, but in gaming, but would absolutely go with one of these over a part like that for for less than half the price. Yeah. Bucks. Yeah. How does the board compare for the supporting stuff on the Threadripper two versus? I mean, the Threadripper two, the X399 boards are going to be cheaper than the Intel boards in general. I mean, they're going to be more expensive, like an X than an X four seventy. Yeah, they're still Z three seventy. Yeah, but I'd say maybe three hundred bucks for a pretty good so, X three ninety nine board, if I had to guess. Same price or same performance, half the price. At least. <laughs> I just for some reason the bulk heaviness of these threader, thread ripper processors I find very appealing. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> if you're going to pay nine hundred dollars for a processor, it should have some heft to it. Like you should be able to throw it at somebody and hurt them. Oh yeah, you can. Not just with the sharp edges. I mean, with the weight and the bluntness of it. <laughs> is that weird to think about your processors that way? I'm sorry, guys. I didn't know. Not only does this operate as a safe space here, I, Jesus. <laughs> not only does this operate as a perfect gaming machine, you can also use it to bludgeon your neighbors. <laughs> uh, or at least throw the case to the processor at him. Uh, let's see what else did we have up here. Oh, uh, the GPU market. It's still uh-huh. a thing, right, Jeremy? It is indeed. It's maybe not as big as a thing as it used to be, but I don't think you should be sad about that because as far as John Petty's findings say, that's because the miners are getting out of the game and there's actually GPU in stock now. Huzzah! These are pretty significant numbers, though. The the, the, uh, GPU shipments decreased 1.5%, but this is this is not just discrete. That's why there's an Intel logo here or an Intel thing here, just so you guys don't think that suddenly Raja announced uh, a part and got 67% of the market share and you missed track of it. Um, it includes integrated graphics, but the AMD and NVIDIA drops, like AMD dropped 12%, NVIDIA dropped 7%, while Intel saw a 3% increase there. Um, that's a that's a pretty significant fall. And I think you saw that represented in the, um, revenue disclosures, I guess, from AMD and NVIDIA and these last quarterly results. Would you agree with that, Josh? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, it was good talking with you. Um, I know I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, but, I mean, it's for fine. the quarter he was looking at, uh, under one in three of the PCs sold actually had a discrete GPU unit. Yeah, I'm not sure how different that is than normal, right? Keep, keep in mind, this is including notebooks. This is including, oh. like, commercial PCs. Um, and it says that it dropped 6% uh, 
and discrete GPU sales were down almost 28% from last yeah. quarter. Now, that's not 28 points. It's a 28% drop. So I'd, I'd, I'd have to see. I have to go through the report and actually see what that what the drop is. But that's a that's a huge that's a huge amount. It kind of it kind of makes sense though. Yeah. It did because uh, you know uh, well the, the PC market is sort of hanging in there and whatnot, and and uh, we've had the mining just taking up a, a huge amount of stuff. Uh, everybody's kind of looking for the next generation. And plus you had all these other cards that were from mining been hitting eBay and people can get uh, 1080 TIs for about 450 if they're looking at the right place at the right time. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense that uh, the market has dropped a little. And not only that, but people are looking forward to RTX stuff, those who would be buying on the, the cutting edge and mm-hmm. saving their dollars for September 20th or whenever that is. And even those who aren't buying RTX cards are buying some GTX cards right now who are waiting to see what RTX was. When Well, I can't afford that shit, and they're buying $600, <laughs> $10 yeah. is new. Yeah. 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 And there are others who are still waiting for these other you know, 10 series to go down in price once the RTX stuff is released. I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think the RTX prices are high enough that the GTX stuff won't drop dramatically um, immediately. But, I mean, but, it, but still they have will, dropped. But, like they're, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, they're about where we'd expect them in the cycle finally. Right. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to fall nice. a lot now yeah, from not. here going down because a 1080 Ti, how much, how much did we say a 1080 Ti you could buy for right now? Like four, four fifty, five and. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. But the new equivalent six hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. New they're like six hundred. So say you can buy a used one for four fifty. Yeah. A GT an RTX twenty eighty is gonna be how much? Six ninety nine? I try not to think about it. <laughs> six ninety nine <laughs> I mean, eventually. Well, and so even if you say you get it at that price, that now you're talking about if if those are near equivalent somewhere in that range, you could see why the the, the ten series will be coveted for some time until uh you know until ray tracing takes us all over i don't know yep uh msi announces new premium notebook for content creators the p65 this doesn't look like any msi notebook i'm used to seeing jeremy no because you're not a content creator are you i, I like that I, I am i am a content creator that's all i do <laughs> but it's it's the same as the gs65 just white uh <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two okay. of them. There's the white one and the silver one. And the silver <laughs> uh, one is a fancier guy. Ooh. Uh, the silver, or sorry, the white is the limited edition. I take okay. it back. I'm okay. exactly oh. back there. Because uh, that's the one that will get you the 1070 Max Q inside of it. And uh, it'll get you Thunderbolt 3 as well. The silver edition is pretty much the same, but you drop down to a 1050 Ti and you drop the Thunderbolt. But I mean, you, you get some extra three point uh, one single extra three point one connector. Got it. The big sort of a deal with this is that it'll be a hundred percent RGB, uh, or sorry, a hundred percent Adobe RGB compatible, and the screens are configured before hmm. they ship. So the idea is, as soon as you get it, you can start working on it because these guys are designed specifically for working. And it's an IPS display, which is kind of nice to see. Uh, yeah. There are going to people be people screaming and yelling about the 1080p, but honestly, it's a laptop. Plug it into something bigger and work off of that. I was just going to ask about that. What? Uh, Continue to ask. The, so the, the the display on the laptop is a native 1080p, right? Yeah. And how many external outputs does it have? It's got an HDMI 
HDMI, Thunderbolt, uh, a mini DP. Mini DP. Yeah. yeah. You can change some displays to that thing. Yeah. But it only has 4K at 30 off the HDMI. The, the display port. Well, then use the display port like an adult. The Thunderbolt yeah. would. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works. Yeah, and Thunderbolt will be able to do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I and guess. If you're playing with Lightroom, I don't think you really care about uh, the refresh rate so much. Eh, I, I mean, mean I don't video yeah. stuff. Nobody wants to use a 30 hertz display anymore. No, Let's be honest. Enough. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, so the P65. Interesting. Okay. Uh, also. You have to ask. You can't afford it. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, good old games or just GOG now, I guess. Back to school sales beginning. Scott posted this up there. Um, looks like one deal occurs every hour on the hour and it lasts for six hours. These can go for up to 90% off. Uh, two highlights that got Scott interested was the ukulele for $8.59, 75% off, um, and Homeworld Remastered Collection for $5.29. So, it's been a long time, and I'm going to be honest, it's been a long time since I've started up the GOG client. But, well, right now you can get uh, Frostpunk for 26 bucks Canadian. I don't know what that is. That's the weird one where the you're, you're sort of killing people in a frozen oh. wasteland. You're supposed oh. to be keeping them alive, but that's just not how it works out. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. So keep an eye on that. Let us know if you find any uh, amazing or striking deals from that sale. Um, here's one that's close to all of our hearts. Jeremy, uh, Skype is getting better. It's what? getting less worse. Yeah, less worse is better. <laughs> They're taking away some of the crap that they dumped on us. Mm, okay. As long as you're using the desktop client and not the Windows 10 Universal Windows app thing. Which is pretty funny. In which case, you still get the gorgeous clown vomit version with everything. <sighs> like, did you notice that there was highlights? No. no? So Skype highlights was, it was a major competitor of WhatsApp and Snapchat, apparently, oh, in the minds of Microsoft. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so they, they've dumped that. Uh, they've gotten rid of a couple of the more annoying uh, new features, like not being able to change audio settings until you're in a call. But because we can't have nice things, they've now added read receipts to all of your messages by default. Because those are a thing people like. Fair. Fair. I like. Uh, I, I would like Skype to keep working for a while. They, they're they uh, added. They're adding recording in apparently. Yes, like native video recording of calls, which is like yes. something they should have done. I don't know, five years ago, ten years ago. Well, yeah. we didn't care before because there was a bunch of apps that you could load in with Skype to record your stuff, and they worked perfectly. And then they cut support for any third-party apps whatsoever, and we've had to be trying to figure out how to do around it. So now it'll do it, although uh, someone brought up a, a point which I had totally forgotten about. Uh, if this is going to be like Skype for business recording, if you're on a mobile device and you're not plugged into mains power, you're not allowed to record. Why? So I, I'm interested to Word, see... Your battery's going to die? Yes, yes, so much quicker because what do you mean it, by it's mobile saving device? the video. You mean a laptop? Yeah. Oh, hmm. Weird. That's stupid. It's it just, doesn't it's make kind any of sense. A dumb limit because you might have a laptop with a bunch of battery. Like that lasts a long time. Not possible. Doesn't exist. Exactly. Uh, let's Surface talk, don't last that long, right? Let's talk about the Battlefield beta. Ken, you've played it. 
It's good. Yeah. Looks good. We played it on it looks H- real good. We played it on the HDR, the G-Sync yeah. HDR, uh, Asus panel. Looks okay, except for that guy's <laughs> hand. I'm not a fan of that guy's hand. Hand? I don't know. The the player character's hand, I don't know. what. It, why was he holding his hand out? Do I was laying prone. I was like essentially going up towards the edge of something. I think and his hand was just kind of floating out. over the oh. the air. But like, the hand looked deformed. It was the best looking the games I've ever seen and Ryan's like <laughs> watch it for 10 thing. seconds. Saw hand? this weird hand animation. Why is his hand all weird? It broke the reality. Um, so it looks like TechSpot did some uh, benchmarking with it and um, DX12 is bad and we found that in our own testing as well here. Yeah. So I mean no, same with BF1. Yeah and BF4. Yeah, but you need DX12 for the ray tracing stuff. You do, don't you? To be fair, ray tracing's Plenty not in that. this. And it's yeah, almost it's like it, when but... we were playing DXR at the event in Germany, there was some, like we were playing the alpha there was build some with DXR, there's some hitching yep. that is pretty similar to just turning on DX12 in the engine. Oh. So maybe the performance issues wasn't... Had nothing to do with RTX. Ray tracing, it was the yeah. DX12 version of the... That's, uh, that's an unfortunate fallout for NVIDIA to have to yeah. deal with when that time comes. Um, so what did the quick, what's a quick and dirty on the, uh, benchmark results here, Jeremy? Yeah. Frostbite engine is getting a wee bit old in the teeth, uh, at 1080p with ultras, a, G, a GTX 1060 would maintain 60 frames or higher. Really? That doesn't mean Frostbite's yeah. getting old in the teeth. It just means it's very well optimized. No, it needs to look oh. better and cost more <laughs> hardware. <laughs> yes. This is Otherwise, how games work. Point? Damn it. And a 1440p, which is a little more common, uh, Vega 56 or GTX 1070, you're laughing. Uh, 4K gets a little more interesting. you got to sort of look in because they had to – not everything could run 4K at ultra, strangely enough. Uh, But you could still at worst hit medium, which is not bad. I've been running 4K ultra with 1080i, 8700K. It's it's pretty good. It's it's right about 60. It'll get down to – I think I saw it hit like 60. Isn't that the resolution for schmucks? Don't don't we have 144 hertz 4K <laughs> now? The panel we were on goes up to what? 98, 98 HDR. HDR mode. Yeah. 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 Well, th- you got to have an RTX 2080 Ti for something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. It, it is a yeah. very pretty game. Yeah. I haven't played it, it does yet because I good. have other things to do still. Uh, yeah. How long is that beta going on? Do you know? I don't. I, months. I think it opens tomorrow to everybody. It's been pre-orders for the past oh, couple okay. days. Okay. I mean, it's shipping in November now, yeah, they right? Moved back they moved it back a month or so. We will so. fix that DX12 version. You know, it happens. They got to fix that DX12 sometime. Uh, Jeremy, you posted this. Hard OCP did a story looking at the differences between GPUs starting with NVIDIA and now moving on to AMD, looking at Hawaii, Fiji, Vega, uh, looking back at AMD's recent GPUs. What um, what kind of stuff did you come across or did they come across in this? Uh... Uh, they got better, strangely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, good. Shocking. Uh, no, it was sort of, it's a, sort of a look at, okay, so if I'm running a Fiji card, should I be looking at picking up a Vega or am I not going to notice a body difference? Right. Or if I'm still on a Hawaii, then yeah, the, the, the newer Vega cards are actually going to be quite nice for you. And you know, you know, part of the, they sort of delve into it because AMD is a more interesting company in a way because they've done more refreshes. They've done more changes recently, but they've been sort of aiming for middle of the pack performance yeah. and, also, thankfully, middle of the pack pricing. Thank you very much, NVIDIA. Uh, so at least you can afford the things. 
And they show a nice, uh, this is a, a perfect example. They show a nice increment with the Vega architecture sort of jumping a little bit more ahead than the rest of them. Yeah. So it's really interesting just to see, you know, if I was to upgrade from a 290, what, what can I expect? Should I blow all the money on a Vega 64 or is a Fury X going to be enough for me? Hmm. It's good every once in a while to have one of these type of sanity checks, right? To go back. And, in, and, and depending on the, the kind of testing you do, we do the capture based stuff. It's very difficult to, um, put in that many cards, especially when you're doing competitive stuff. Like they've like this graph is hard to read and there's only four data points. Now imagine you're doing four NVIDIA data points at the same time. It's hard to really overlay any of that information. But here you can see this is Far Cry 5, 25 by 14, uh, and the averages in the generations go 44, 49, 60, 86. So again, uh, I think Vega gets a bad rap just because of how good NVIDIA's parts were for the last three generations or so. (laughs) But they've still advanced. But that's a huge movement, right? Yeah. And that's as much software as it is hardware. It's improved. Vega is one of those things that has improved quite a bit. Like fine wine? uh, Yes, just like. I mean, since 2013, this is five years worth of GPUs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you get right down to it, I mean, they've probably advanced by a greater percentage. If you think about it. Probably they did. Because they used to be further behind. Yeah. You know. I mean, like, you know, the 290 to 390 was one of those things that was, you know, we knew what that was, really. But you can start to see some movement there and then a lot of movement again. And this is a yeah. Deus Ex as well. Um, so it's it's impressive to see. So good good work by Brent and, and Kyle and the guys over there to, to showcase yeah. some of this stuff. I am curious. And on the first page, GTA they do the, uh, the NVIDIAs if you're curious on clicking through to that three-parter and see how NVIDIA's changed. But honestly, oh, this okay. is a more interesting one. Yeah, yeah. You said, oh, on the first page, they link to the NVIDIA one? Yeah. Got it. I think they did three parts. Yeah, I'll jump through that. Let's see. NVIDIA GPU. Which one do I want first? Um, Let's just go to the last, the conclusion. (laughs) And that's a white page. I read the review. I saw the conclusion page. Let's go back to Battlefield 1. And... Like they're writing on GPU Epic. This was not the data I expected to see. No, that I was. I was no, I was expecting another table that looked like. Yeah, that. I was too. Uh, that's right. in part two or part one. That's right. All right, so check that out. You can find these on hardocp.com as well. You can get uh, all three years, three articles of of that as well as the AMD stuff. So so check that out. Um, did we before we get to the end here? I guess did I see you put something in? Yeah, I snuck one in. Sorry. Mm. Where I was yesterday. Where were you today? I was flying back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm, I was here. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Samsung unveils plans for data center SSDs you can actually purchase. Yeah. So this has been like years now where every time Flash Memory Summit, they get on stage, they talk about these amazing, huge data center SSDs or, you know, they're... One of their claims has always been like, oh, we have the largest, you know, whatever. And it was like some SAS two and a half inch thing that was 32 terabytes or 64 terabytes. And you could not find it anywhere ever, right? Because some company basically gobbled them all up from Samsung, right? Okay. And people kept asking like, hey, nom, 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 are, nom, you, nom. are you going to, you know, make some enterprise versions of like your normal consumer drives that people can actually like get and say Newegg or Mm-hmm. Amazon mm-hmm. or, you know, actually buy them, right? Uh, without- Some people want inter- enterprise class features without having to buy them in lots of 10,000. 
Yeah, exactly. Or being, you know, <laughs> or being under an embargo or like so the way that Samsung had previously done it was they were trying to really overdo it. They were like, okay, what what does your company need? And they were only working with very few companies and they were tuning the firmwares of the drive specifically for, you know, for whatever the company's needs were, which is actually common with, you know, enterprise drives. Intel does it, Micron does it, but Intel and Micron will also have the, like the generic version of that same drive that you can buy, right? Yeah. Um, now Samsung's going to start doing that, finally. Um, they're not doing it with the crazy capacity drives that we've heard about in the past from them, but at least they're doing it what? with, you know... Well, they're, they're getting up there. Um, so they're going to have a couple of SATA models. One's going to be like your, you know, your your TLC-type drive that's okay. only meant for mostly reads, like the kind you stick in a web server or something like that. 860 DCT. Yeah, that's your 860 DCT. Then there's an 883 DCT that's going to be more like your pro drive, okay. right, as opposed to your Evo. Up to right? 4 terabytes as well. Uh, yep, that goes all the way up to 4 terabytes. Now, notice the pricing. Those aren't MSRPs. Those are, in the enterprise space, it's a minimum advertised price called MAP. That's what that stands for. Okay. Yeah, all it's right. just so they'll probably be more expensive than this. It's just that this is like... A company can't list them for less than that cost per gig. Got it. Right? Uh, I would hope that they'd be close. You hear because, that CDW? Well, but I'd be hope they'd be close because sell them for like, less. That's a, those are good prices. Yeah. They, right? feel, like, they feel like they're really good prices for, for what would be like enterprise. a pro version SATA drive, right? Yeah. And yeah. the 983 DCT is, is, that's basically your NVMe, like, you know, your, your 970 mm-hmm, equivalents, mm-hmm. right? Listed at 34 cents a gig. For those products, like, holy crap, that's pretty darn good. Um, uh, the other thing to consider with these is uh, those specs, their random rights are much lower numbers than what you're used to seeing on any of their consumer drives. That's because they're specking them correctly. Uh, in other words, if the drive has a cache or any of that stuff, they're not, you know, they're not giving you the cache-only performance. They're giving you... The steady state, if you had a sustained, like, full-span right. random write, like, your, your typical enterprise workload. Okay. Um, which gives you lower numbers, right? Client drives can only do higher, those higher numbers in bursts. Um, now, the other thing they had there, if you scroll down some, uh, is the elusive Z SSD. This was the thing that they had marketed as competing with Optane. Yes. This is their, their answer to Optane, what they plan to compete with Optane with. Uh, latencies of this thing is around 15 microseconds. That compares with Optane, runs around 10. Are these pictures you took of quad display setups? Is that what I'm looking at? No, it's their, they were showing the, their slides on a, on a quad screen. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have a way around that. Okay, that's fine. Um, Just curious. <laughs> So uh, there are bezels. The in specs my are good. This is the first time we've seen like full specs of this ZSSD anywhere, uh, including like you know your endurance. So, okay. they're, so they're talking about ten drive writes per day for the terabyte model. That's equivalent to Jeez. the nine hundred P from Intel. Okay, right? They rate their their client optane their consumer optane drive at ten write, drive writes per day. Their enterprise version is thirty, I think. Thirty drive writes per day. I mm-hmm. think for Intel, yeah. Okay. Um, it used to be 10, but then they like, or it used to be some lower number, and then they upped it because they just had better reliability than they thought they would. Okay. Right? Um, 
So uh, there's that. And then a tidbit that they were, were kind of just discussing uh, after the presentation, which I'm able to talk about, is um, some of that performance, some of that really low latency. Um, the sequential latency, yeah, read-write, 15 microseconds. What, what didn't make sense to me before when I saw some, some specs spoken about in previous events and previous years was you had these latency numbers that were great for reads and writes. Mm-hmm. But then when you looked at the IOPS for random... It was 750,000 for reads, but it was 75K. Right. Order of magnitude difference on the IOPS part. Yeah. So how does the latency hmm. the same? So how is the latency the same? Uh, the reason that the write latency is lower is because this drive is also using some DRAM as a, as a layer on top of, not just to do like the translation layer stuff. Usually DRAM in an SSD is only for the what's called the FTL, which is the how okay. it translates. Like it's got to look up where the stuff actually is, right? Um, in this case, they're using it as more of like a like a hot data cache sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and if you do writes to it, you can write to the cache, but it also has to write to the flash also for like you know power loss protection. Okay. Right. So you're actually limited by the flash speed more. But for random reads, it's able to lean more on the RAM, supposedly. Huh. So this wasn't like a definite, this is exactly how it's going to be conversation, but it was like, hey, that the reason for that how disparity can, was that we're, we're, we're using the RAM. When you say it's not exactly how it's going to be, you mean they don't want to tell you exactly how it's going to be. Because if they have a product, surely they it's, know how it's going to operate. Well, it's not done done yet. Like, they're not shipping this guy oh, yet. Okay. They were talking about the first three. Okay. They had the fourth one there. It's coming but you know uh hopefully they will sample us this they've talked about sampling the other the other models for review which is also a welcome change because they never did that before they've had plenty of enterprise stuff and they haven't sampled it for review right um that's a welcome change hopefully they will also sample the zssd when it's finally to a point where it's uh you know where it's a shipping product that you can actually buy just like the other ones um and we'll test it, and we'll see what happens, right? And we'll see if there is some cool. RAM on it. We'll yeah. so we'll see how far we can push that, and how much of a span we can randomly access, and still get the Ooh, Sephora you know, the rated performance. <laughs> cool. All yeah. right. Well, good on Samsung for finally getting in the mix. Finally selling the thing that they always talk about. <laughs> yeah. Good job selling something. Good job selling the thing you've you promised. I imagine uh, they're selling plenty before, just not to you. Well, that's not, true. not the ZSSDs. They've been oh. shipping CSSDs. The first generation yeah. one, they like just started. It's been a while. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I can find our uh, our picks of the week here. Do, 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 oh, and this do, one is do, also do, supposed do, to be do, the first generation do. Znand. It's supposed to be SLC, not MLC. MLC was their second generation. Got it. Yeah. So they're still technically working think, on the first gen. I think they're just going to stick with the SLC stuff. Just because they're trying, it's a latency play, right? Like you want the lowest possible latency. You have to give up some of that when you shift to MLC. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. All right, picks of the week. Here we go. Uh, mine is a prism. <laughs> you didn't bring it in? Uh, I did not. So your daughter was sleeping Look, with it? No, it's too sharp <laughs> as it turns out. So uh, the story is this. My uh, daughter uh, saw light, sunlight come in through our front window, front door window, and it you know, created a s- slight rainbow effect on the floor mm-hmm. and the stripe. And she was 
uh, wowed by this. So I thought, okay, I'll be a good dad. I'm going to, you know, help uh, encourage her and teach her like science and get her interested in these types of things. And so yeah, I bought, buddy. I bought this. I went on Amazon and bought a just a, a prism. Right? It's like. Buy buy this prism. We had those in school. Just get one. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's fine. It's a six inch long piece of crystal. Like whatever, sure, yeah. right? And it's thirteen dollars. Who cares? Um, and it's fine. It it does in fact convert it does what it's sunlight to do. into individual <laughs> split colors. The, split the light it in does colors. in fact. It doesn't be worth do more if it didn't. It might be. Yeah. Um, the problem is, uh, I have a three year old daughter, and this is. I was talking about the Threadripper processor being a good bludgeoning device. This is a much better <laughs> bludgeoning device, as it turns out. It's the corners are very sharp, um, not just like at the three corners back here, but the edges of them are. They're not sharp, but like they would they would hurt. You and could, it's and you it's could pretty dense and heavy. The corners you could probably sand the corner. Very. That's what I want. All yeah. I want to do is really is these edges are yeah. the only things I'm really worried about because. I, you know, if she drops it, it on her toe or something. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna end it's gonna end poorly. So you know, I had to get it out and show it to her, and and you know, brought some you know light in from the window and shines and she was amazed and she wanted to take it and I had to tell her no and it was a big it was a Aww, big deal. And then you were a big meanie dad. Yeah, I was a bad dad, oh. right? Yeah. Aww. Now touch it, why you can't touch it. Huh? I was also uh, trying to show her that if you look if you look in through the long lengthwise, uh-huh. it's it's like a like a, what are those toys that you used to have? Kaleidoscope. As a, kaleidoscope. There yep. you go. It basically does that and um so yeah i would uh i would highly recommend this if you have kids that are interested in this type of stuff but maybe find a less sharp one it needs a What's, bumper case i mean it's, oh yeah <laughs> exactly you could use a uh, sugar somebody says rubber nubbins in there too mm. you ever use uh, sugar for that kind of stuff Mm-mm, sugar no. sugar Oh, Sugru, 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 yeah. Oh, Sugru, Sugru. yeah. I'll work on that. That'd be a perfect job for That'd be that. Like Fifty dollars with a Sugru. That's true. That's that's, that's really not the expensive. point. <laughs> I'll just cover the corners with gaff tape. That's <laughs> fine. So anyway, I thought I thought it was neat, and she really enjoys it, and and uh, I, she just can't have it yet. Sorry, this is an adult prism, <laughs> as chat, it turns out. Chat this is for you. That it has now the I RGBs. It does. It uh, is RGB. Yeah, not individually true. addressable, but no, no. Uh, before we get to our next pick, I, I almost forgot about this. We have patrons here. Um, Matt Almond, spelled not like the nut, but something else, edited their pledge from five dollars to ten dollars. Thank you so much wow. for that, Matt. That's awesome. Uh, we have Cronark edited their pledge from one dollar to nine ninety nine. Josh, nine ninety nine. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we have a new uh never gonna oh, die. Lord. Uh we have a new one dollar patron. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh that is Josh's butt crack lint. I don't you know, I said it's right it next I, to the, I, I right said next I would, to the PC Pearl logo. I said there I would go. say yeah. it, so I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, That's not lint, by the way. It wasn't worth a dollar. <laughs> um wow. Dingleberry? That's the swoosh around the logo. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what am I missing here? Hold on. Who who's next? Alan? No. no. Jeremy? Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Is it, you got to select a language. This must be Jeremy's because I had to select French or English. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Well, I mean, the the new 2000 series of Nvidia's are not going to be starting at 700 bucks in Canada. So the 1080s and 1080 Ti's are going to stick around for a while. So not a nice Overclocked Wind Force uh, from Gigabyte for six hundred bucks. It's 
significantly cheaper than you're going to find on Amazon and Newegg at the moment. And, uh, you know, Canada computers will ship just about anywhere in Canada. And they're proudly Canadian. Well, of course they are. There you go. Cool. It's not even used. What's that? Uh, hold on. Let me do a, a quick. Um, let's see. 599 CAD to USD is 454. That's a pretty good price. Wow. Is that good for you or bad for you, Jeremy, that that number was lower than you expected? Good. Yeah. Because you get, you get paid for me in, in US dollars, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> 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 it works out well. Everyone's uh, all so, yeah, screw this. I like it. Jeremy's been getting raises and uh, uh, pay cuts yeah. the whole time he's worked for me, right? It just all depends on how that currency conversion works. It has nothing to do with my performance whatsoever. It's very strange. <laughs> all right, Josh, what do you got? Uh, you know, speaking of SSDs, uh, you know, the My Digital SSD guys have their latest new Fizon based uh, one out, the BPX Pro. It does something like, you know, 3.4 reads and, and 3.2 gigs per second writes. And, you know, for uh, uh, be careful, they less say, than 140 bucks. They say for, in stock, but it's pre order mid September. It's yeah, mid September. <laughs> The pre-orders still, in stock. That still. doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's still close enough. They haven't sold out yeah. of their pre-orders. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty uh, interesting. You know, I've, I've had their original BPX for quite a while, and, and I've been using that for testing and whatnot. And it's, yeah, it's a, a solid performer. It's nothing amazing. But uh, this one looks to, you know, yep. get right up there with the Western Digital Blacks and the uh, 970 Evos. Yep, it's Fizon E12, which is a real – it's – newest Fizon controller it's fast are they the first one to have released that or is the wd black is bay i can't remember which one i don't one remember if the black was an e12 or not is the thing okay it might have been e8 on that so this might be wow. the first one with an e12 in it first retail one really cool. cool does a certain petroleum company get some money off of this what? No. no. BP. 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 Oh, no. British no. Petroleum. Um, Beyond you know, Petroleum Real now. quick, Alan. Um, True. Uh-huh. These Fison controllers seem to thrive a little bit more on, uh, you know, having the, uh, oh, what do you call it? Because it's 480 gigs instead of 512. So it's the extra. Oh, the extra over-provisioning? Over-provisioning. Over-provisioning. Yeah. Well, it's it's partly that. And it's not going to be a 512. If anything, it would be a 500 because it's using like TLC with a cache. So it would be mm-hmm. like your your Evo increments. But yeah, they tend to go the next the next notch down. Um, and that's just that's just down to configuration. Like I mean, I mean, they could probably make one that was an even 500 if they wanted to. Um, but they just tend to lean a little bit, lean a little bit more to the left, which you know it, it gives you uh, your cost per gig takes a little bit of a hit compared to what you're used to right because it's 480 versus 500 or 512 but still still a damn good price cool. for a 512 and uh alan you're last what do you got so uh you ever use that dark sky app i have for years now okay yeah they recently updated the app yes it's um, very different now it is very different uh, the reason I made it my pick was not necessarily for the site. The website is just to show you guys on the stream, but they have this app. The app's real good, but they added this feature. I don't know if it's on Android, but at least on iOS, you can add custom notifications based on the weather. <laughs> so you could be like, inform me if it's going to start raining. It's always done that. 
With okay, a so it's 72 where yeah. you guys really? are right That's now. like the entire point That was the, the whole app. thing I, yeah. I've never used that feature. So it's in your push notification saying it's about to rain in five minutes. Yeah, it'll say it's yeah. going to rain in four minutes in Florence, well, Kentucky. Yeah. I've used it for hey, years hey, and I've the never, here. I didn't know that existed. What's that, Josh? Check out the temperature here. I dare you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Laramie. Laramie. Uh-huh. 53 stinking degrees. It's going to get down to 49 tonight. Yeah, and that's high because it's been getting down to 38. Isn't it, like, supposed to be warmer there? I mean, to be fair, it is September now, so maybe we're the odd ones. Look at those those nice swings. Oh, a time machine. You can go back. What day was it cold? It's the only time the weather website will be accurate. Uh, <laughs> like last Friday was pretty cold. Mm. It's pretty much the same temperature 50. it is here. Dark sky is surprisingly good, especially about their rain. There you go, forty-four. Uh, their rain forecast. Yeah, forty-four right? degrees. Because like your generic and that was in August. Your, your generic news rain forecast with a percentage is just like you know that only means it's going to be raining in that percentage of the area. Correct. Whereas Dark Sky is like, okay, where are you? Okay, where are the clouds yeah. tracking? Like, I mean, no, I mean, it's it, not what, a, what it's, Dark Sky does, and like, it was a it was a Kickstarter originally, I think, to create this app and, and like API experience. They they're paying for every every weather API that exists and averaging yeah. them essentially. Yeah, it's still not. Um, it's surprisingly. So it's an accurate. average of one hundred percent wrong on the on the days when it's when it's like scattered showers and stuff. It's still not any more accurate than anything I've I've done. But when it's when yeah. it's consistent, I love the timing aspect of it. Like yeah. it's going to rain in thirteen minutes is way more useful than it's going to rain between nine and ten. Right. Right. Um, so yes, I do I do appreciate that. And yeah, it, it's it's my default. We- it's my weather app on my on my on my device. Yeah, if you haven't time. tried it, definitely try it. And I can't believe it's I good. Didn't, like, though, I it's guess, not a free app, though, right? It's, I think it's, it's like two ninety nine or something cheap. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a couple bucks or something. I think the reason I noticed the notification thing so much more is that they surfaced it as just one of the buttons on the bottom in the new redesign. Mm. So oh, if shit. it was like in there somewhere before, I just never came across it. But oh, good, everybody here. It's going to rain all weekend, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Ugh. Low rain, of rain, seventy rain. on Saturday. I'm sorry, high of 70 on Saturday. Mm. Look at that drop. It's gonna, the high is going to go down 20 degrees over the next three days. What's, what's the forecast in Finley, Ohio? I, I don't know. It's probably the same. Oh, God, you're going to Finley? Yeah, I'm, I'm going sorry. to Findley? Yeah. Find. Fondly? Fondly. Play. Play. Huntington. Hmm. Gave up. I'm driving to Chicago on Saturday to pick up a flamethrower. Ooh. My... Well, that's way up north. Idiot and pretty long. Yeah, delivery. plus you get these cool uh, vector arrows. That that is yeah. new in the app as well. You get these vector arrows on the on the I still haven't seen images. the arrows in the app. But oh, I've just really? seen like that. It has a timeline you can scrub that just shows. Mm-hmm. That's always been there too. Yeah, but like yeah, these vector arrows are, I think, incredibly useful. So yeah, it's like here here you are, and here's this big ass rain cloud coming right for you. Is it going? Right. Coming right for us. Yeah. <laughs> So it looks like rain as well. That's kind of interesting. Lake effects. No. Uh, All right. So that's it. Is everybody else, anybody behind the podium, behind the desk have anything? All right. That's going to be it for us for this week, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. PCPro.com slash podcast. Go there. Find the downloads of the MP3s, the videos, uh, the show notes to the, all the stories we talked about, the links to everything we've talked about will all be included in there, included, including the, 
pick to my prism uh, that everybody will want to be purchasing. The lethal weapon prism. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, you throw this across a room, it's going to go through some walls. Uh, <laughs> not that that's a good selling point. So we'll be back next week with another episode of everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye.